Here we go. Here we go. Here we go again. We can't start everyone like that. Here we go again. Here we go again, again, again. Here we go again. It's worse. I don't know. Yeah, this it's not very good. You're ruining this. I know. No. <laughs> You're a ruiner. You're a ruiner. She's a life ruiner. She, she ruins, ruins lives. lives. Hey, everybody. I'm Latara. Hi, I'm Laura. And this is Passions Podcast. Podcast. Welcome back. We're back in the we're podcasting back. hut and we're trying to stay awake because yeah. this thing makes me sleepy. Sleepy, sleepy. It really does. It's like being in a beautiful canopy bed, minus the beautiful part. Yeah, no, it's because it's gray. And there's no bed. Beautiful. This couch is awful. Yeah, it's not the it's worst. Unlike couch. a bed, it's the worst <laughs> fucking couch. If, 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 if you lived in the Stone Age and your bed was just a pile of pebbles and dung, <laughs> then this is better. It's, but otherwise, it's not. <laughs> it's so hard. And now that we've been using, sitting on it a lot more because of quarantine, like mine, the springs are gone. <laughs> it's done. This couch, I, it's so awful. It's full of farts. Will we? <laughs> and will we ever replace it? No. Nope. But will we talk about it all the time? Yes. Yeah. Well, you know, I really was gonna buy a new couch, but now I really need to save my money. I, yeah, girl, I understand. All right. So today we're talking about episodes fifty-nine and sixty of Passions. Woo, woo, woo! Can you even believe? Can you even? And I'm so excited because we finally have met Chad. So, at the beginning of this episode, it started off and I wrote, who is this? Who are these boys? Are they in California? What is happening? (laughs) Because they didn't explain who they were until well into the episode. So, one of those boys is Chad. Yeah, so... So... I'm super excited to meet Chad. That's his introduction. Yeah, we open episode 59... On Sunset Boulevard. <laughs> at Tracks Recording Studio. At a, at a recording studio where Chad is talking with another producer and they're like talking about this music, this song that's playing in the background. He's really excited about this song. He's like, this song's going to be everywhere. It's going to be huge. Can't wait till I get my producer credit on the CD cover. This is going to be a life-changing opportunity. I'm so stoked. I did so much work on this. This has been amazing. And our dialogue that we've just delivered is much better than what was actually (laughs) written. (laughs) Yeah. Also, it's a dog-eat-dog world out there, kid. That other... Yeah, that other character whose name I don't know, his acting was really bad. It was over the top. Yeah. It was it was very vaudevillian. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yeah, just bring a giant shepherd's crook and pull him off the stage, yeah. please. <laughs> yeah. So, anyway, they're having this conversation about the music. And the character whose name I don't know is looking at Chad like, oh, you're getting a producer credit? And Chad's like, yeah. Howard told me that he would, he gave me his word, he'd give me producer credit on this. And the guy's like, oh, oh, you sure about that? Like, yeah. You sure that's happening? And Chad's like, yeah, I'm sure he's he'll he'll come through. I know he's a little shady sometimes, but he gave me his word. So I, I, I trust that this is all going to come through. And that other character's looking at him like, mm-hmm. Mm-mm. <laughs> it's not happening, buddy. No. And so then the phone rings. Chad answers the phone and gets visibly angrier and angrier as the phone call goes on. Hangs up and is like, what the fuck? My name is nowhere on the CD. I've been giving zero credit. What is going on? And then the producer, Howard, comes in. 
And he's a dick. Yeah, he kind of antagonizes Chad. Big time. Yeah. Yeah. And then Chad puts his hands on him. He kind of like grabs him by the shoulders because he's so angry about what happens. Yeah, because he's trying to he's trying to leave that producer guy's like, well, I'm getting, I'm leaving and you're never going to get any fucking credit for this. Like, yeah. basically, really, he's just like, you're never going to, you're going to keep doing menial work and you're not even going to get any fucking credit yeah. ever. And you're just going to fucking deal with it. And, and so, Chad's like, I did so much work. I did more than just like the drums on that one track. You wouldn't have even known about this band if I hadn't got you to listen to them. Yeah. Like, and you I, didn't even want the CD to, like, you didn't even want to make yeah. the CD. And yeah. I picked this song because I knew it's a hit and people all over the country are listening to it so like you need to take some time and listen to me right now like at least have a conversation and bro punches him in the face howard hauls off and punches chad straight up in the mouth and the thing is that other producer had all was all had already been holding chad back from leaving to find howard because chad was already ready to fight like yeah. he really was yeah they've He's got def- quite the temper they've definitely established a character with some anger management issues yeah for sure he was throwing shit all around yeah he's like studio <laughs> and it was so funny the like, way wow. he was doing it this is a very violent reaction yeah i, I get it though i mean i get it. i've been angry but i've that doesn't mean that I'm throwing things, you know, at my place of work. Mm. I'll mm. come home and cuss about it and complain about shit, yeah. but I'm not going to, like, you know, pick up, a, I don't know, a boom whacker and throw it across the room. <laughs> yeah, he's he definitely has some anger issues. So Howard comes in, antagonizes him, then punches him in the fucking face. Mm. And then Chad punches him back, of course, because Chad already had some anger issues and was already ready for him. Like, he was ready to beat his ass yeah before he ever even came into that room he was ready to beat his ass before he found out that he didn't have any producing credit yeah he was just like red he was raring to go you know Mm -hmm. and he was like you know you have been stoned on booze and drugs since the day i met you and you are lucky that i was here to save this project and you didn't give me any credit for it what the fuck howard i mean howard is a bad dude. Yeah, and then Howard's like, you can go back to the streets where I found you, blah, blah, blah. And so they have, you know, this exchange, and Howard basically says, you're never going to work in this town again. Yeah. (laughs) No one's ever going to believe you. Who are they going to believe, me or you? Yeah, they definitely, this whole scene had a lot of that, like you said, vaudevillian style dialogue, where it definitely felt like somebody's idea of what, the, the industry looks like and yeah. sounds like. You know what I mean? Like, because yeah. we've had conversations with people and it doesn't go that way. <laughs> it's also very, it's also very, like, silent movie acting. Like, yeah. the big gestures. But there's sound. But, yeah. But you're in a talkie. Yeah. <laughs> and you made the good point of, where's your contract? Yeah, I, you know, I think Chad's young and I think he didn't doesn't know any better. Mm-hmm. And I think he he just didn't think he needed a contract. But... This is a learning experience. Mm. Get yourself a fucking contract mm-hmm. and say what it is, whatever it is that you are supposed to be compensated with. Make sure that's in your contract. I mean, I had to learn that early yeah. on too, where I was having to fight opera companies for my money because yeah. I didn't have a contract. Mm-hmm. And so I had been told one number and then I would get a check for less than the amount than I was supposed to get. And then I have to like go to the director and be like, the general director and be like, hey, Literally, I'm not going to name names, but one, like, had to write me a personal check. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> had to write me a personal check because they had not paid me what they were supposed to pay me, and I made a big stink about it. Good for you. Yeah. I mean, I only make, 
I'm poor. Yeah. Like who who screws over poor young artists? Especially when you're making them money. Yeah. You know, uh, yeah. the gig wouldn't have happened if you weren't there to sing it. Yeah. Right? So, absolutely. So, yeah, that's just a thing you learn when you're young. Yeah. That you can't trust people to pay you what you are owed, and you can't trust people to give you the credit that you are yeah. owed. So, I think he I think he has learned a big lesson. I pay me what you owe me. Bitch, better, better have, have my money. Y'all you know me well enough. <laughs> okay, we're not going to do this. Okay, so that's. Basically, all of the Chad stuff. Yeah, but yeah. now we know him. Now we now know I Chad. know who Chad is because a few listeners have like mentioned him, and I and I'm a newbie, so I was like, I don't know who he is yet. Girl, but now I know this Chad storyline is so damn thick and juicy and so good. Ooh, we gotta get him across the country though. Ooh. He's all the way out in Cali. He's on his way. He's don't gotta you, get to Massachusetts. Just you wait, Henry Higgins. Just you wait. All right. He's coming. All right. So let's go to Harmony. Let's leave L.A. Take the Concord, cross the country. Be there in 25 minutes. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and let's go to Harmony. You want to start in the park? Yeah, Whitney is in the park. <sighs> Worried about Teresa. And as we pan to Whitney being in the park worrying about Teresa, a dude walks by carrying like a boombox, listening to the song that Chad had produced. Yeah, listening to Chad. That song is all, all over the this. way through this episode. Yeah, it's yeah, yeah. very yeah. pervasive. Yeah, so that's kind of how they transition, which I appreciated because mm-hmm. they haven't been the best about transitions in this show, and they tried. So thank you, Passions. So Whitney's worried. She goes over to the drinking fountain, grabs a sip of water, stands up, turns around, and who is there? Stupid-ass Frank Standing nose-to-nose with a teenage girl? Frank Lomax. Stupid motherfucking Frank-ass Lomax. I told you we had to do at least one more interaction with him Ugh. before he was out of town. And hopefully this really is the last time. I don't want to fucking see him again. This was horrible. It was hard to watch. Mm. I was physically, like, sick watching it. Partially because his face just is gross. His the way fucking he... face. He's like always catching flies. And I feel like I can say that because as a child, I realized that like my <laughs> lips were not meeting. Mm-hmm. Like my lower lip was always just kind of hanging there like Bleh, all the time. And then I looked around and realized nobody else was doing that. So I started like closing my mouth. He just never like figured it out. His <laughs> mouth is open, but it's also like tight. It's like he always has it t- pursed a little yeah, bit. Yeah, pursed, but his mouth is open like this mm. and talks <laughs> like this. Oh, yeah, Whitney. I just, I hate him. I hate him so much. <sighs> this altercation. It was awful. It was awful. So he interrupts Whitney and he tells her everything that happened at the Crane Mansion. He said, yep, I pulled off her, this, she took off her disguise and was I ID'd her as the stalker. And then Whitney goes, oh, no, is Teresa in jail? <laughs> it's like, way to give it all away, Whitney. Oh, Whitney. But and it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. And Lomax gets really pissed. And he starts working himself up to, like, a frenzy and starts yelling at this girl. And he says, you know, and, like, pacing back and forth in the park. Like, it, ugh. I know better than to let my personal feelings get in the way when I'm working on a case. But I couldn't help myself with you. It's that thing where uh, abusers try to turn it around on the person that they are abusing and say, look what you made me do. Mm -hmm. I couldn't control my feelings around you because of you. Mm -hmm. You make me act this way. Mm -hmm. It's 
disgusting. He also was like, I thought you were different than other women. I thought you were different than all the other, but you're just like every other woman I've ever had to work a case with. You're you like every other woman. I thought you were different. I thought you were more mature. She's 17, mm-hmm. first of all. Second of all, that is also a thing that groomers and abusers do, which is to try to make a child feel like they are more mature. Mm-hmm. They tell them, oh, you're really mature for your age. Oh, you're you're different than the other girls that I've met. You're mm. very and try to build them up to make them seem like they're it is reasonable that this person would be interested in them. Mm-hmm. That's another thing that happens mm-hmm. to to try to make them adult, but they're not but they're not adults, you know yeah. what I mean? But yeah, he's awful. I hate him. I hate him. This whole confrontation was awful. He's yelling at Whitney. Berating her. Yeah, yelling at Whitney, his stupid pursed mouth hanging open, pacing back and forth, practically frothing at the mouth, really. Mm-hmm. It's awful. He calls her a lot of things, liar. Multiple he, times. Multiple times. That, oh, what did he say? Something, I, I'm sick of hearing all these lies come out of your beautiful, beautiful mouth. Beautiful mouth. Oh. That's another thing, too, where it's like, a, it's like an in... Uh, uh, <laughs> I can't stand him. I'm sick of hearing all these lies come out of your beautiful mouth. Uh, it's that thing where, yeah, a groomer or an abuser tries to say something nice. Oh, your beautiful mouth. But at the same time, they're gaslighting you and saying you're a liar. Like, how can this beautiful pr- mouth produce such a hideous thing? He's been nagging her. The entire time. Like, that, he, he's been nagging her from the minute he met her. What I can't tell is, were the writers just great? Like, did they do such a great job at creating this horrible character? Or was this kind of behavior so accepted and pervasive 20 years ago that it just kind of happened? And we are seeing it because we're coming at it from a different perspective. I don't know. I really don't know. I cuz I don't know what the intention was with Frank Lo, Frank Lomax from mm-hmm. the from the writer's standpoint. What the fuck was their intention with him? I'm also curious. I know I think the head writer was a man, but I'm wondering with the rest of the writing team what the demographics look like in yeah. terms of gender and age and other identifiers because yeah. that probably could answer some questions too. Yeah. We'll have to look into that. Yeah, we should. But um, Frank Lomax is fucking awful. I hope I never have to see his stupid face again. Yeah, I really hope this is it. And he did say, like, I'm out of here and I'm never going to see you again, Maybe he's going to South America. (laughs) I I hope so. He's going to go to South America and hang out with the stalker. Go to Brazil. (laughs) Yeah. So, bye, Frank. Bye, Frank. So, let's go to the Crane Mansion. Okay. Yeah? Yeah. Because some shit's happening at the Crane Mansion. I thoroughly enjoyed this scene. That doesn't surprise me. Every time that Teresa and Ethan have uh, an encounter, you're like, I really enjoyed this episode. (laughs) Wow, this episode was really good. They really picked up some steam here, didn't they? And it's like, it's because Teresa's in it and you love her. (laughs) Yeah, well, and they did, but they always get some shit. They get they get the best writing on the show. To be honest, like oh, Teresa yeah. and Ethan get the best. They have the best storyline right now. Well, they're now. kind of like the hero couple right now. They're the ones that they're trying to that we've started rooting for. Yeah, and they've really put a lot of time and invested in uh, invested us in. It's really in quality. This yeah, 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 yeah. Their interactions are really just quality. Unlike 
Unlike that Chad and that producer is like, that was just very thrown together. So slapdash. Yeah. You know. So, Mm -hmm. over at the Crane Mansion, Ethan has said, you're not going anywhere, Teresa, right? After she's been revealed, right? Mm. He won't ID her, but he also is going to give her a real talking to. (laughs) (laughs) Real finger wagging. Right? (laughs) And so he won't let her go. And she's like, I don't understand, Ethan. Why did you cover for me? If, why did, I told you I'm going to leave, blah, blah, blah. He's like, it's not going to be that easy. And the only reason I covered for you is because of your mother, Pilar. (laughs) (laughs) And Teresa's insisting. She goes, I'm so sorry, but I swear it was an accident. I know it looks bad, but I promise it was not intentional. What can I say? Yeah. And she does. She She finally goes through every single incident and explains how it was an accident and how, like, and she even says, like, how could I have known that you would have been there? Like, yeah. how could I have known I wasn't following you? You showed up where I was. She was like, I didn't even know it was you the first time. That paint thing, I couldn't tell it was you. I had yeah. no idea. Yeah. Most of the time, he showed up where she was. The only time where she showed up where he was is when uh, she did the liniment oil. Mm-hmm. But basically every other time, she well, was there first. Oh, yeah, I guess. And he he just happened to show up. Yeah. She showed up at the chicken coop, but he doesn't know that. Oh, yeah, we don't know about the chicken coop. Oh, yeah, no. A near miss. A near miss at the chicken coop. Also, he didn't put together that was her at the theater. Oh. Cringy. Oh, I hope, and I hope he never does put that together. So cringy. Actually, he probably will. He's going to put it together. It's all going to come out. Yeah. Like, the whole thing's going to come out. Yeah. Oh, I mean, but you know what? The cr- honestly, the cringiest part of it has happened. Y- yeah, uh, it really has. The worst part of it has happened. Like mm-hmm. she spilled fucking fish guts all over him. Uh, watching that scene back was pretty harrowing. Yeah, Oof. they showed us every single incident in, in slow, slow motion. motion. <laughs> I loved it. I'm probably gonna like put that on the Instagram because it's, it's so good. It's excellent. <sighs> so yeah, she tries to explain. But Ethan still isn't really buying it and and demands an explanation. And honestly, I get where Ethan's coming from on this. I do. I get where he's coming from. Even after she explains those. If I was in Ethan's position, I probably still would have turned in Teresa. I don't know. I don't care how much I love you, Pilar. Like, in his position, he seems to think, he still thinks that she was stalking him. And he has been really... uh, accosted by her multiple times i think he's saying i really love you pilar but i think he's also thinking i really love you sheridan and pilar is protecting my Uh, yeah my aunt who is like a sister to me who is closer to me than any other person in the world so i think there's layers there yeah i don't know if i if if i were in that position what i would do i would probably turn them in Again, like when the roles are reversed, I, I do. It's probably not right to think this way, but it does feel different when a man is stalking a woman. Yeah. But plenty of women stalk men. Well, and and, it, but and it, it's dangerous too. It so. is. It is dangerous both sides. But men tend to be more dangerous to women. Like more men kill women than women kill men. Isn't that you know like I mean? the number one killer of women is, is men? men? Yeah. What's the saying? Uh, Men are, are afraid that a woman will laugh at them. That's the worst thing that they can do is a woman will laugh, laugh at a man. Them. But the worst thing that a man will do to a woman is kill her. It's like rape, torture, and kill her. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that's, <laughs> right? that's, a, that's a nice turn. <laughs> yeah. yeah. 
I mean, just but re- but truly, really, but honestly, really and truly. Yeah, so, it, that, so I don't think that's wrong to say. Mm-hmm. Like, if the roles were reversed, it is a different situation. Mm-hmm. It, it just generally it would be a different situation. It's a different level of danger. Yeah. Not saying that women don't kill because they do. And I mean, there was that whole that woman who stalked and killed Selena. Yeah, but also that was a woman who killed another woman. Yeah, you know. But yeah. Anyway, I, we've gone way off track. Yeah. Uh, so, Ethan, exp- Ethan is demanding a- an explanation from Teresa. And Teresa, we get like a flash of her in her bedroom looking at one of her many giant pictures of <laughs> Ethan going, Oh, Ethan, how could you think I hate you? I love you. And then she kind of flashes back into reality and we're like, and she's like, well, I can't tell him that. <laughs> I look like a crazy person if I say all of that. Ooh. And so she kind of like, she says, you know, I already told you I'm not coming back here. You never have to see me again. And he's like, you're not getting off that easy. If I ever see, I don't want to ever see you ever again. If you see me outside of this house, you better turn your ass around and run. Don't walk, <laughs> fucking run in the other direction. And he, he's like, oh, it's on sight, bitch. I don't want, like, I'm calling the police on sight. I don't want any parts of you. And of course, that tears Teresa oh, to pieces. She's devastated. She goes, forever? And he goes, yes, forever. <laughs> like, obviously, forever. I mean, so he never wants to see her again, and she is in tears, and she runs out of that house and directly into the arms of Pilar, yeah. and Pilar's like, I was afraid this would happen, Teresa. I, t- I fucking tried to tell you. You just wouldn't. You just go, you never fucking listen, mm. but you had to learn it the hard way, baby. Yeah. Love you. <laughs> Love you. Mean it. Love you. Mean it. <laughs> see you at home later. Late as. Late as. Yep. So... Pilar goes into the crane back inside of the mansion, right? Mm -hmm. After sending Teresa on her way. And she walks in and she goes, makes a beeline for Ethan and says, thank you for not turning in Teresa. Mm. And he's like, so you did know. So you knew that your daughter had been stalking me. She's like, I didn't know until very recently. (laughs) Yeah. And, and Ethan was like, why would you let her work here? If Mm. you knew what was going on? Fair question. Fair question. We were asking the same question. Yes. And uh, well, and we even went as far as to say, Pilar, you're not, you're not going far enough here. Like you're letting your teenage daughter have too much power. But um, Pilar is like, you know, I told her to turn down the job because I didn't think it would be a good idea, but she took it anyway. Um, And And he goes, you mean he, she disobeyed you? Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Like he was shocked by that. Have you never disobeyed Ivy? Has Ethan never disobeyed Ivy? I'm sure he hasn't. He's such a mama's boy. Yeah, that's true. And Ethan asks her, you know, did she not turn the job down because she is super goal-oriented and she knew that working here would help her achieve her dreams? Or is there something else? Was she here specifically because of me? And Pilar's like, fuck, I'm caught in the middle of this. And Pilar can't lie. Yeah. (laughs) So she kind of wishy-washes her way out of it. It's like, well, you know, she has big dreams and... My daughter chases after them. Yeah. And, you know, she's like, Teresa stayed at the house and I was okay with it in the end because I really don't think she ever had any bad intentions. I don't think she ever wanted to hurt you. I really do think it was all just a series of horrible accidents. Just misunderstandings here. Misunderstandings. Yeah. So 
the, we kind of end it there with them, even though Ethan is still, they're having a conversation. They're still in the middle of this conversation because Ethan is still kind of pressing like, what was it about me that made her so clumsy around me? Because even yeah. if it was accidents, does she have those kinds of accidents around other people or is it just me? And if it's just me, why is it just me? Yeah. And so that's kind of where we are. With this, where Pilar is kind of stuck, and she's like, ooh, do I tell him that she's in love with him? Or... Yeah, how's she going to get out of How is she going to get out of this, this one? one? Teresa's not even there, and I need to know how she's going to get out of it. <laughs> yeah, so that's what's going on with the Crane Mansion. Let's go back to the park. Okay. What's going on with the park? So Teresa has run into Whitney on her way home, and Whitney is just sitting on a park bench being sad because she just was berated by a grown man she's pissed too yeah i think she's angry too. yeah i think there's a lot a lot going on because she really put her her own neck on the line to help mm-hmm. her friend mm-hmm. and she tried to put her foot down and Teresa never listened and whitney also kind of called in the cavalry because she told pilar she told does luis know I no, can't remember if Luis. No, no Luis no, doesn't Luis know. Luis does not know. Okay. <laughs> but she told Pilar about it. Uh, and it just it just kept going so far, even though Whitney did her best to prevent it from happening. Yeah. You know? two, two things. One, I feel like Luis is bound to find out about it pretty soon. Mm-hmm. Just because Sheridan's working at the youth center and at some point she's bound to say something like, How how is your sister so nice and you're so awful or mm. something like that? Second thing, Whitney, I, I feel bad for Whitney in, on one hand, but on the other hand, like, if it were me, I would have left Teresa by now. Like, we, we're still friends, but I can't do this shit with you. I keep trying to do everything that I can to, like, help you get out of this situation, but, I, you know, I have a future to think about. I have mm-hmm. my own life to think about, too. Whitney, Whitney definitely puts up with a lot more than I think I would be able to, you know? Whitney needs to go practice tennis. Yeah! She needs to go practice. We've only seen her on the tennis court for, like, 30 seconds. It's, it was Total. just another location for Frank to yell at her. Yeah. Honestly. Yeah. every See, poor Whitney is either trying to talk some sense into Teresa or is being accosted by a man. Ugh. Ugh. So, her. anyway, they meet in the park. Yeah. <laughs> Keep getting off topic. It's all right. Because I start just ranting and raving about Frank. So, Teresa and Whitney run into each other at the park. What happens? Well, Teresa's crying, bawling her fucking eyes out. And she sees Whitney and she goes... Oh, Whitney. And she sits down on the bench next to her. And she's like, I've just had the worst day ever. You, you, you're you not going to believe how awful my day has been so far. And Whitney has her, has her arms crossed and her legs crossed. And she's just like, I'm not going to feel sorry for this bitch this time. Like, this isn't going to happen. She's like, she's not going to break me. You can see it on her face. And she looks at it and she's like, I can imagine, Teresa, my day's been pretty fucking awful too, basically. You yeah, know? it is kind of turning into a one-sided friendship. Where Whitney is expected to, like, listen to Teresa and give her advice. And all they do is talk about, like, her boy and all this other stuff. And it's like, Whitney has her own stuff going on. Mm-hmm. And, like, you need to be there for her. And, I mean, she, Teresa is sometimes. But it's really starting to. Yeah, right now it was very. Yeah. However, I will say, Teresa, what Teresa has just gone through is worse than what Whitney has just gone through. What Teresa has just gone through yeah. is traumatic. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It really is. But it all at the end, it all works out in the end, basically. Mm-hmm. You know? But yeah. so it seems a little bit more trivial. But she that had to be. I would have been throwing up. Like 
I, yeah, oh my God. God, that would be awful. How awful would it would it be to be like dragged into a room full of like these people you work for? They and think your mother. That, and your mother. They think that you have been stalking one of them, and you have kind of. Oh. And and then you've been wearing this stupid ass disguise, <laughs> and they like take this wig off of you. You're standing there, try, still just like trying your best to plead your case, but the, the like. It seems like all hope is lost. And you're a child. And you're a child. And then you get a little bit of a saving grace. But then it turns out that this guy also just like fucking hates you. <laughs> oh, Teresa. Teresa has been through so much. And she tells she tells Whitney all about it. And Whitney's like, you know, I don't really understand why didn't he turn you in? Oh, like, Lord. what's going on there? And remember, Ethan told Teresa... The only reason I didn't turn you in is because of your mother, Pilar. He told her exactly why he didn't turn her in. Straight to her face. And Teresa turns to Whitney when she asks the question and says, I don't know, maybe he likes me too. Yeah. (laughs) Teresa. (laughs) Teresa. I was like, oh my God, this girl. Teresa. Teresa. And she's like, oh my God, maybe I should have told him that I loved him. What? Yep. What? Yep. Excuse me? Mm-hmm. Did I hear that wrong? You sure did not. Okay. She gets a, glim- a glimmer in her eye. That's the thing. That's what I told you about Teresa. That bitch gets knocked down, but she gets right the fuck back up. Every fucking time. You don't, you cannot keep her down. She starts, she's smiling in this scene. What a preposterous <laughs> turn of events. Five minutes ago, I'm not turning you in because of your mother. Cut to scene at the park five minutes later, two blocks away. Why didn't he turn you in? I don't know. Maybe he loves me. (laughs) (laughs) I I, I love Teresa Lopez Fitzgerald. God. The moxie on this one. Lovable lunatic. Lovable lunatic. The moxie. Yeah, that's some real... Hootspah. I I can never get it right. Hootspah. 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 I like just spit when I try to do it. Hootspah. Hootspah. Yeah, you can't keep her down. I get knocked down, hey. but I get up again. What? Never, never gonna, gonna keep, keep me down. down. I get knocked down, but I get up again. That's never gonna Teresa keep me down. Lopez Fitzgerald's fucking theme song. Is that Chub- Chubba Wubba or Chamba something? Chamba Wamba. Chamba Wamba. Mm-hmm. Chamba Wamba. <laughs> oh my gosh. So, all right. All Ter- right. That's where we are with Teresa and Whitney. Whitney does tell Teresa about Frank and blah, 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 mm. but it's a very small you know, who cares? We hate Lomax anyway. Look, as long as I never have to see his stupid face again. I, I hate his face. I hate his face. Yeah. How much? I, we talk about his face so much. I you hate know what? his fucking face. We're kind of, the when we started this podcast, there was a lot of shitting on Sheridan mm-hmm. because she was awful at the beginning. Mm-hmm. And she's really, she's starting to come along and yeah. I'm like getting, you know, um, we're not shitting on Sheridan nearly as much as we used to. Yeah. Because we have replaced her with Frank. Frank Lomax. All we do is shit on Frank Lomax. Yeah, but he deserves it. Yeah. Really. Super deserves it. Super deserves he, it. They, they never develop his character. They never give, like at least with Sheridan, they start to develop her a little bit and we were like, oh, okay. Mm-hmm. With him, they just made him an asshole. Yeah. And in the back of every take, he's like in the background like kind of pouting and he's uh, whiny man make a sad face irritated <laughs> you know what i mean irritated. irritated like he's in the back if he's not in the foreground of the scene he's standing in the background like just chewing up the scenery chewing it up yeah 
shredding it. He's so trash. I can't stand oh. Frank Lomax, and I don't care for that that actor. I don't know who he is. I'm sorry if he has, if anybody loves him a lot, but he's terrible. Maybe he's gotten better. It's weird. Not better. Miguel got better in the span of a few months. Couple yeah. months. So yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. All right, so that's everything at the park. We got to go over to Harmony Hospital. We finally saw a sign, and Harmony that's the hospital. name of the hospital. Harmony I might, hospital. I might just continue to call it, like, Crane, I don't know, something. I, f- I forgot what I Crane called Memorial. it. Crane Memorial. Crane Memorial. I feel like that's a good hospital name. Crane Memorial Hospital. But it's a public hospital. It it's not private. Crane Memorial. I mean, maybe they'll buy it out. Who knows? It's true. To cover up Ethan's... Uh, Sprained, sprained ankle. They <laughs> gotta keep it out of the press. They gotta pay off the doctors. Nobody can know we have any weaknesses. <laughs> okay. His Achilles heel is literally an Achilles heel. Now, <laughs> now you're gonna have to help me out at this hospital because literally my I wrote four notes. Um, Let's hear it. So the very first note is, and I wrote this not posthumously. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God! You died and came back. <laughs> wrote your note and then died again. And I wrote this, like, <laughs> after everything had happened. Like, I wrote this at the end of the episode and was like, oh, this happens. K- I wrote, Kay and Simone are talking outside of Charity's room. That's what I wrote for the first part. It did happen. That's correct. So, like, let's talk about what they talk about. Okay. Basically, Kay is scheming. Okay? That's just, like, a given. Kay is scheming. And she is, has told Simone, this is a horrible situation. But look on the bright side. I've been suffering ever since charity showed up in my life, so I'm just taking advantage of an incredible opportunity that fell into my lap. Mm-hmm. It's my turn. Excuse me? Yeah. Your cousin is fighting for her life on the other side of the wall, and her mother just either died or B has disappeared. Yeah. And you're, f- and you're worried about a boy? She's the worst person on this show. She, she's worse than Frank Lomax. You know, and she... Yeah, she is. I think she... I, they're both terrible in different ways, but they're both awful. She's at least entertaining, though, to watch. Yeah. She at shocks least, me. At least she can de- deliver a line. Yeah. yeah. I hate her because I'm supposed to hate her. Yeah. I don't think I'm supposed to hate Frank Lomax as much as I do. Yeah. You know? Yeah. yeah she's fucking awful. It's my turn. It, yep. So they're talking outside of Cherry's room... And that song is playing on the Walkman. They've got their little, like, tape player, and mm-hmm. we've got that song that Chad produced that he's getting no credit for playing, and they're both like, oh, this is a cool song. I love this song. So it's just making a good point to show us, like, Chad is talented. Chad is rad. Chad is rad. So the next note that I have is Miguel is trying to jog Charity's memory, and then she says she remembers, and Miguel runs out to tell Kay and Simone. Mm-hmm. That's correct. That's all correct. Uh, I would add that in all caps, I wrote, but I don't believe it. That's yeah. in my note. Yeah, he runs out because all she says is, I remember. It's like, sis isn't going to remember you, Miguel. Yeah, she she's not going to remember you. Yeah, so Miguel gets all excited and he brings Kay into the room because uh, he thinks Charity's memory is back. And uh, Kay, oh no, she introduces herself to Charity. She's like, Hi, Charity. I hope you remember me. It's me, Kay, your cousin and good friend. It cracked me the fuck up. Ooh. It cracked me up. I cracked Ooh. up. I said, did she say she's her good friend? Yikes. 
Kay is so trash. She's so manipulative. She's so trash. Woo. But Charity and, doesn't remember. Yeah, Charity's like, I'm sorry. And and then Kay turns around and says, I thought you said she was getting her memory back, Miguel. And Miguel's like, she was. She says she remembers. And it's like, yeah, you didn't even ask her what she remembered. You just jumped up and left like she said, I remember everything. And yes, Miguel, it's you. And no, she just was like, ah, I remember. And we remember. see the flashes of what she remembers and it's actually really sad yeah it is she remembers the horrible fire she remembers the flames she remembers crying out she remembers the beam falling and hitting her on the head she remembers like the night before it all went down and like saying goodnight to her mom and saying that they love each other mm-hmm. she remembers screaming in the fire she can't see anything she can't find her mom she's wondering if her mom is okay i mean it was kind of heartbreaking yeah. honestly so honestly luckily luckily she does remember her mom mm-hmm. she does remember so we do know like a good amount of her memory is gonna be intact mm-hmm. it's literally just like this last week that she doesn't remember right right um and that i actually want to talk about that yeah. so just because she doesn't remember miguel doesn't mean that she wouldn't like be like attracted to him and i, I guess they haven't really made that point yet yeah. but like And I guess she also is in the hospital and is recovering and has had this horrible trauma happen to her. But, like, I don't know. It's just weird because when they met a week ago, it was like one look at each other and they were, you know, cross my heart. Yeah. Oh, Lord, we got that montage again. I will never tell you lies. You know? And then all of a sudden it's like she takes one look at him and it's like, yeah, I don't know about this. Yeah. (laughs) I don't know. It just is. It's just strange. Yeah, so she remembers some. So the next note says, so far, Charity only remembers the fire and asks about her mother. And so, yeah, she's asking about her mom. She's like, where's my mom? And they're trying to calm her down and are not telling her what's going on, Mm -hmm. which I think is the right choice. Like, let a doctor do that or let somebody else break the news to her, Mm -hmm. not you, children. So they're trying to calm her down and... Finally, they're like, you're, you're tired. Maybe you'll remember more. She, Miguel says to her, you know, you're just tired. Maybe you'll remember more if you get some rest. And she's like, yeah, I am pretty tired. So she drifts off to sleep. She goes to sleep. Kay and Simone leave. And then what happens? Kay says, I have to come up with a surefire plan. And I've got to do it soon. How can I make Miguel mine? And Simone is listening to her song. So she's not paying attention. And Kay says, you know, Simone, it really feels like I'm talking to myself. And then she goes, aha, a plan. You can almost see the light bulb <laughs> ignite above this her head. This was so dumb. So she disappears for a second. She comes back with the headphones and the Walkman, and she goes into the room where Miguel is at Charity's bedside, and she says, I have a tape for Charity to listen to. I'm hoping that it will help jog her memory. Uh, and she tries to cite some source about how coma patients listening to music can help bring them back to the present. Yeah, and Miguel's like, but she's not in a coma. (laughs) (laughs) And she's like, well, it's worth a try. And so she puts the headphones on Charity, she hits play, she walks out of the room, and we can hear what's on on the tape. Stay away. You do not like Miguel. In fact, you're scared of Miguel. Stay away. Stay away. You don't want to be near Miguel. You don't like him. You're afraid of him. Yeah, and so Miguel asks Kay what's on the tape, and she says, oh, it's just some songs that I thought might help. And he's like, that's really cool, Kay, thanks. And then she puts the earbuds on her, the headphones on her, and... (laughs) 
Charity it hears the, the sounds or whatever in her sleep and she like starts to smile a little bit and then she starts to like repeat some of the words. She's like, away, stay. Hmm. And she's just like saying these different things and Miguel's like, it's working. <laughs> it's like, oh my gosh, Kay, you're the best. <laughs> oh, and that's the end of the episode. Oh man. I mean, okay. So I kind of expected that Kay would do something close to this nonsense. 100%, 100%. I didn't think it was going to be listening to a tape and hoping that it will like invade Charity's thoughts. I Well, and also what happens know. when the tape runs out? Yeah, I definitely assumed it would be she and Charity are alone. She ex- starts to build a relationship, mm-hmm. convinces Charity that they're really good friends, that Charity doesn't really like Miguel, but that Kay really does, and Charity wants to support her friend Kay in the pursuit of Miguel. I think we're still headed there. Okay. Yeah. yeah. I think we're still headed in that direction, yeah. this, honestly. I think Kay's got to, she's, she's going to try everything possible, mm-hmm. right? She's awful. This just made me think of um, that, oh, fuck, what is it? Where it's like you listen to music and it subconsciously affects you. If you play, there's like a certain record where if you play it backwards, it's supposed to like make you think about demons and shit. Oh, the fucking uh, Beatles album. Which one is it? It's a there's a Beatles album that they say is like there's all these subliminal messages yeah. in it, and it, yeah, I don't know. I do know. That when I was a kid, I used to sleep with the radio on. Mm-hmm. Um, I like I just like to sleep with the radio on in, in my room. And uh, I would be like in the car or something and a song would come on and I would be singing it. And d- wouldn't have remembered ever hearing that song before or learning that song. But I had learned it in my sleep. Whoa. Yeah. That's, yeah. that's pretty wild. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Osmosis? I, you just... Well, your brain's still going. My grandma actually taught me, because um, she found out that I would sleep with the radio on or the TV on, and she was like, that's really bad for you, like because your your brain is still being stimulated, mm-hmm. whether you're asleep or not. And I couldn't, I couldn't sleep without the sound, like without the noise. Mm-hmm. And... But so later on in life, I finally like weaned myself off of that. I've actually picked it up back up again and mm. started sleeping. But I set the sleep timer now so that it does go off. But I used to sleep all night long with the radio going in my bedroom. Yeah, yeah. My friend uh, Maggie is like that, where she has like the little TV going literally all the time. Or I don't think she does anymore, but she used to. And I was like, that can't be good. Like it's fucking the, soothing. Like the sound. I I get that. But, like, the sound and then also, like, the blue light. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like, that that just can't be good for your brain. Like, yeah. it's just so much stimulation. Yeah, my grandma told me. She was like, you can't, she was like, your brain needs rest. You can't, it can't be stimulated, stimulated like that all the time. Yeah. So, yeah. All right. So, that's all of episode 59, 999. Yeah. We'll be back with episode 60 oh. right after this message. I love passions. I'm so excited. (laughs) Welcome back. Oh, boy. Things are happening. Things are happening. We're in episode 60, and y'all, like, I was just telling Laura, we're finally getting into the best part of this show. I feel like we have gotten through, like, the prelude, and we're Mm -hmm. getting into the actual story, finally. Like, it was 60 episodes of, like, we got to figure out how to, like, set up a show for the next, you know, 10 years yeah. or 20 years or 30 years because most soap operas just kind of run endlessly, yeah. right? And so we have finally gotten 
to where the show really starts. Yeah. So this episode, we're getting some Chad stuff and I'm obsessed with it because I love Chad. And also I'm remembering, I'm remembering a a lot of Chad's storyline. Like there were things that I already, like I knew, I knew, I knew, you know what I mean? Uh Like I definitely remembered like the larger plot points, but there's certain things where I'm like, oh yeah, oh shit, Chad. Chad's coming. <laughs> Chad's coming to Harmony. Right. It's going to throw everything off. It is, it's, oh God. I love how excited you are because for me, I'm just like, like Ch- guess oh. we'll wait and see what happens next. Oh my gosh. We'll get into Chad in a little bit, but oh my God, Laura, I cannot wait for you to see where the fuck his story is going because oh it is excellent. Oh, I can't wait. So, it's excellent. Anyway. Chad. Um, so episode 60 opens at the park where Teresa is worried. She's talking to Whitney and she's worried about, oh my God, what if my mother tells Ethan that I'm in love with him and that's why all those accidents happened? She's (laughs) very worried that Pilar's going to tell Ethan that she loves him. And uh, I literally wrote two notes. So I was just telling Laura also, like my notes for this episode are very lackluster because I was really super watching the show. Yeah, I've been taking fewer notes because I want to be able to watch the show more than just, like, being buried in my computer typing. Yeah. So I didn't take much either, but the most important things, I think, about this scene in the park is Teresa's worried, like you said, about her mom telling Ethan that Teresa loves him. And Whitney is like, you know what? Men are more trouble than they're worth. I'm over it. I'm done forever. This thing with Frank was really traumatizing. I just don't want to deal with it. I want to focus my energies on tennis. The I feel like, end. I feel like 17 is a good time to realize, like, men are trash. Like, <laughs> you know what I mean? No, no, not all men. But, like, I, I feel like I wish I had learned that a little bit sooner and said, you know what? Although, I guess I did. Although... For me, it wasn't a choice. It's just nobody was interested in me. <laughs> I mean, that's kind of how it was for me, too. Like, I just no one was interested um, until I got older. But, yeah. you know, I still, like, made stupid mistakes and was mm-hmm. with people I shouldn't have been. Mm-hmm. And so, Teresa immediately discounts what Whitney has said. Is like, you'll meet hundreds of boys. She's like, that's the fir- only the first boy you've ever liked. And there'll be pr- plenty of cute boys that you will like. And... And I was like, Teresa, take your own advice, honey. You've only liked one boy as well. Right. And then she's like, we got to let the passions genie out of the bottle. Yeah, she was like, <laughs> she was like, it's too late. Actually, I wrote that part down. I said, Whitney talks about giving up on men. And Teresa says, it's too late because you already let the passion genie out of the bottle. The and they kept genie. talking. And she kept talking about the passion genie. It's like, stop trying to make fetch happen. <laughs> like, the passion genie. Yeah, that's exactly it. Stop trying to make fetch happen. Oh, man. These two girls. So, whatever. Teresa's worried about Ethan. Whitney's worried about Frank, kind of. They're both mostly worried about themselves, which is fine. They should be. Yeah. And they head over to the chicken coop. Over to the chicken coop. Grab a little bite to eat. Yeah, and Teresa talks about how... This is the place where I, where it all went wrong. <laughs> <laughs> and where she spilled the... Because remember, the chicken coop is now where the burger hut used to be before Teresa burned it down. <laughs> Let us not forget. Never forget, Teresa burned down the burger hut. She did. She burned it the She did down. that. She burned it down. Yeah. The burger hut is no more. She's like, this is where it all went wrong. Where I <laughs> spilled the... There was a time when it all went, went wrong. wrong. 
I dreamed a dream. She, oh lord, so Teresa is. She, yeah. She, mm. She's a mess. Such a mess. Poor thing. So they're having their little conversation there. And so she decides to call her mom at the mansion. Mm-hmm. So at the Crane oh, Mansion, yeah. okay. they, Ethan and Pilar kind of finish up their conversation because Ethan says, you know, you always tell the truth, Pilar. I need you to come clean. Tell me why Teresa did all these things to me. Like, I feel like I was targeted. And Pilar is basically saved by the bell because Ivy comes in. She's carrying a bunch of bags. So she kind of skirts around it a little bit, but mostly she gets out of it because Ivy comes in. Yeah. Basically what she says before Ivy comes in is she goes, accidents happen and that's all I can say. Like, she says, I can't say why those things happened. But, you know, I do believe that they were accidents. Mm-hmm. And, yeah, and then Ivy enters with a ton of shopping bags because she just does all of her work herself, this billionaire woman. So then why does she even need a staff? Also, she was not gone for very long at all. She and Gwen left to go to a meeting. That's what I was thinking. I was she like, and Gwen left what? to go to, like, a charity board meeting for the Crane mm-hmm. Foundation and she came back with, like, Prada and Gucci bags. Like, yeah. w- so did you even go to a meeting? Because she wasn't gone long. Maybe they were, she was procuring, uh, like, silent auction o- items or something. Maybe. For, like, a charity Maybe. thing. I don't know. But still, she was gone. I don't know how she was gone so long. I mean, how she's gone such a short amount of time and she went to a meeting and then went shopping. And came back with a shit ton of stuff from multiple yeah. stores. Yeah. She no. was only gone for like 35 minutes. Look, Latara. <laughs> the space-time continuum does not exist, it doesn't exist. in harmony. They keep, they keep trying to tell us that they, this has been going on for weeks. They keep trying to tell us. Kay, in this episode, Kay was like, yes, he's only known Charity for weeks. And I'm like, bitch, it's been a week. Yeah. One. A, a week. One week. <laughs> oh, my God. Yeah, trying so- to play us. So Ivy comes into the house carrying all these bags and basically is like, you know what? Fuck Frank. I hate him. Sorry he did that to Teresa. Like she said, she basically says all that stuff to Pilar. Yeah. And Pilar makes an excuse, thanks Ethan, and leaves. And I was like, wait, what was that about? Yeah. I have really good radar. That was weird. And you need to tell me what's up. Yeah. What's going on, son? Yeah. And he's like, it's nothing. And she fills in the... He doesn't give her anything, really. And she just kind of fills it in herself. And it's just like, oh, was it about her missing husband? Yeah, she's (laughs) like, oh, well, you are a lawyer, so it must have been you offering her legal advice. And, of course, that must be confidential. So you're probably helping her with her husband, aren't you? (laughs) She really just made some leaps. Some grand leaps. And then he just goes, I was helping her... With an issue about a relative, basically. That's all he says. And she's like, well, okay. She just takes it. Mm -hmm. She's still suspicious, though, but she takes it. Because she loves Pilar, and she loves Ethan, and she trusts both of them. Yeah. Yes. So, she goes off, and now Ethan's sitting at his table, the desk in the living room, working on something. He's like, where's that report? Where's that report? And Ivy's, like, storming around. I can't find anything in this house. <laughs> like, everything is in disarray with Teresa gone. For and 30 like, minutes. She's only been gone for 30 minutes. And she only worked there for, like, 35 minutes. Yeah. You know, like, she felt like she worked there for long. And it's the, the thing is, if I left my job for one day, when, like, 
if I went left for half an hour and came back, it wouldn't be in shambles. You know right. what I mean? Like it would. I I imagine it would take a little bit of time, at least a couple of days, before things kind of fall to pieces without your secretary. Yeah, you know what I mean. Surely, things- especially if you've never had a secretary and she only started working for you like two days ago. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's not. It would be one thing if like you had established this routine. Someone had been working with you for years. You had like a kind of a dialogue between you and understanding of how things ran, and then they were gone. Yeah. You know what I mean? But they hadn't they had no routine. They had nothing established. But again, Laura, they're trying to set us up for it's been weeks. Right. They're setting us up for it's been even though you and I know. We know. Can't fool us. It's been a week since the show started. Yeah, right no, no, It's understand. been two days <laughs> since she started working at that crane mansion. Yes. This has not gone on that long. No. Lord Jesus. So whatever. So these two are in shambles they can't figure out how to do anything with Teresa gone and somehow a conversation about Pilar picks back up where Ethan's like you know what you should give Pilar a raise how does that happen yeah so Ivy says she's upset that Teresa has quit she's like oh good lord knows that I don't understand why she quit because she's so good at this job this job's perfect for her perfect for her and lord knows that family needs another paycheck oh yeah and I was like ugh Ivy. Yeah. And then Ethan says, well, why don't you just give Pilar a fucking raise? And she says, well, I've tried to help Pilar and blah, blah, blah. But the woman's so proud that she won't take anything that she deems up a handout. But there's a difference between a handout and a fucking raise. Like there's a difference between you being like, here's a $500 bonus and you giving me a $2 raise on my fucking salary because I deserve it. Yes. Like, so I, I don't know. I doubt that that they have ever tried to give her a raise mm-hmm. and so, and like you don't have to try to give her a raise you just do it it should right? happen annually anyway yeah you just do it yeah she gets a raise her paycheck is different like yeah. she doesn't get a say one way or the other if you've been working at the same place for 20 years and you haven't gotten a raise then something is fucking wrong yeah your, your labor is being deeply 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 exploited yeah yeah i also wonder what would happen if pilar asked for a raise would they give it to her? Or I think they would, would they? Yeah. Yeah. So Pilar, ask for a raise. I think they would. But I Pilar, that's the thing that Pilar would never do. Yeah. Yeah. So I, yeah. Anyway, he says that. And he like kind of snaps at her and is like, get over it, mother. Teresa's never coming back. Yeah. <laughs> and she's like, okay. All right. Yeah. Okay. And she walks off again and she comes back just like, So Pilar comes in the room and Ethan's like, Pilar, I've got to find Teresa. There's a report I can't find. I have important things I got to do. Like, do you know, is she at home? And Pilar's like, oh, I actually just got off the phone with her. She's with her friend Whitney at the chicken coop. And Ethan's like, great, I'm going to the chicken coop. Yep. (laughs) Yep. He's like, I got to get this report before tomorrow. So why not just call the chicken coop? Yeah. I don't know. Why not just call? I don't know. By the time he gets there, it's very likely she will be gone. I don't know. So, let's... Yeah, let's go over to the chicken coop. Okay. So, Teresa has been worried that Pilar is going to basically spill the beans that Teresa's in love with Ethan. Mm -hmm. So, she calls calls the crane mansion from the chicken coop. Mm -hmm. And, you know, just wants to know, Mama... What happened? What happened after I left, Mama? What, Mama? Mama. Mama. And, and 
Pilar just reassures her and says, yeah, Ethan was pretty upset, but I, like, I didn't tell, he wanted to know why these accidents happened around him, mm-hmm. but I assured him they were accidents and that you, there was no malice behind it. And Teresa's like, I knew it. He wants to know why. <laughs> it's like, he already asked you, you know, of course you know it. He asked you why. Yeah. I was also very concerned that someone at the Crane Mansion was going to overhear Pilar's side of the conversation. Yeah, Pilar said everything explicitly what yeah. had happened. She really, yeah, she's like, oh, you're very lucky that Ethan didn't turn you in for being the stalker. Teresa. Teresa. Like, yeah, she, <laughs> yeah. Like, she like spelled it out. And yeah. I was like, someone's going to hear this. Yeah. Pilar, like, a little discretion, please. Mm. But no. Uh, and we're, And luckily, as far as we know, nobody overheard. So... The Pilar gives her daughter some good advice, and she's like, you know, you've got to forget about the cranes. you got to move on with your life. Come on, girl. Get it together. Get it together. Good God, girl. Get a grip. So Teresa hangs up, sits down with Whitney. She's like, I've got to move on with my life. Goodbye, dreams. Yet again. Goodbye, dreams. She goodbye, starts to, like, dreams. rip up this fashion magazine. Yeah. She's like, I guess I don't need this anymore. <laughs> she, like, rips it off. It's like, you can still you can still be into fashion. You can still try to build a career as, like, yeah. a fashion designer. You can still, like, do things with your life. Yeah. The, every, like, working at the Crane Mansion was not your only avenue to your dreams. I think she... You are totally correct. Um, but I think she's kind of... Um, hysterical a little bit and not thinking straight because she really misses the job not just because it meant that she was close to the cranes and she does idolize them but she's like you know I was really really good at that work I was doing a great job I loved working there I understand why my mother likes working there like I was really good at it and I think she finally for the first time in her life found something that where she where her Interest and her talent intersected, Mm -hmm. which is kind of a magical thing, you know, Mm -hmm. when it's like, oh, wow, I'm really good at doing this thing and I can make money doing it and it's propelling me forward towards a life that I want. Yeah. So I think she 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 was losing all of that on top of in her, you know, lovable lunatic mind, Ethan, like she she was really going through it. Yeah. So. Ethan's on his way to the chicken coop to find Teresa. Mm. Uh, Teresa and Whitney get up to leave the chicken coop, and they're, like, walking outside in the square or whatever. <laughs> and Teresa's just, like, loudly proclaiming her love for Ethan, kind of. And yeah. just is like, oh, and if only he could have seen me as I really am. And if only all of those stupid accidents hadn't happened. And blah, blah, blah. And Ethan is hobbling around looking for her, right? <laughs> and he, like... <laughs> He sees, overhears her loudly, basically yelling these things. <laughs> and he, like, crouches down and starts to, like, sneak around so he can eavesdrop on what Teresa is saying. Yeah. It is cartoonish. It's hilarious the way that he just, like, sneaks up behind a car. Yeah. And he's just, like, hiding and listening. It's, like, one car parked in a lot. So he yeah. Kinda, like, and he can't it's not really, even a lot. It's, like, the street. And he can't really be super mobile because of his sprained ankle. Yeah. And Teresa is just, like, he's gonna think I'm an idiot for ruining all of my life. Yeah. Blah, blah, blah. So I don't think he really overhears her being, like, I loved him stuff. But he overhears her talking to her friend and... And not denying that it was an accident, which I think is super important because he, I think, still believes that part of Teresa wanted to hurt him. So for him to overhear her, you know, 
confirm this was an accident. It, I didn't want for this to happen. Yeah, and it was he a big hears, deal. And he hears like the pain in her voice, and she also talks about how perfect the cranes are, right? And how much she loved working there. Yeah, he overhears all of that, and it soft. You can see it softens him. Yeah, and he and he kind of feels like a real heel. He feels like a bad guy, you know. Your because accent came out of a real, a real heel. heel. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry, you just got real southern on us there. He feels like a real heel. He uh, he does. He feels kind of bad because he mm. has treated her kind of poorly. Mm-hmm. Even though, I mean, it's understandable in my opinion. But hearing this side of it and hearing that remorse and that she really mm. is upset about it and sad mm-hmm. about it and that it really was an accident, I think has really is changing his tune a little bit. So. He calls out to Teresa. He's walking over to her. And she turns around and sees him. And we see a pastry chef. I don't know. He was in like a a French chef outfit, white coat, big chef's hat with a carton of eggs just open. Just just a big, like 64 eggs. We see a man. Walking around like a caterer, like a caterer would walk around with a tray on one hand. Yeah. But instead, he has a carton of an an eighteen count carton of eggs. More than eighteen. It with, was like with the lid open. It was like one of those thirty two or sixty four. It was huge. <laughs> it was huge. It was at least thirty two eggs. But he's walking around with like the lid open. And he's no here, lid. It didn't have a and lid. And he's like palming it. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like. Outside, also, we're not in the chicken coop, which still wouldn't make any sense. But he's outside of it, and like near the front entrance, like it it's makes clearly no sense. they're not like loading anything into the store. Like what? I don't know. It didn't make any sense. So he steps up onto the sidewalk. Teresa and Ethan are both on the sidewalk, on the, like separate ends of the sidewalk, <laughs> and and Ethan's walking towards Teresa, and Teresa turns around. Just in time for the egg man to step between them, betwixt them, and the <laughs> eggs fly up into the air, and they are like sandwiching this egg man, and <laughs> and then we just hear, and and it cuts away from the scene. We didn't see it, but yeah, now these people are gonna have egg on their faces, literal egg on their literal face. egg on their face. But I also think it's important because Ethan is going to witness firsthand. That this was an accident that yeah. Teresa had nothing to do with. She just happened to be there, mm-hmm. and he just happened to be a part of it too. We just happened to be here. Fate is bringing us together. Yep. Yep. Oh my God. So that happened. And uh, now we need to go to the damn hospital. Who the damn hospital? Okay. So Simone asks Kay, "What's going to happen if and when Miguel finds out about this tape?" And Kay's like, we don't have anything to worry about. The only thing we would have to worry about, possibly, is my bratty little sister, Jessica. But she's not going to, like, hear what's on the tape and screw up my plans. Everything's good. Let's go get some ice cream. This is the dumbest plan. So, of course, that's foreshadowing because Jessica shows up. Immediately. They walk down to go get ice cream and Jessica enters. Like, I'm sure that's what it says in the script. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Kay, Simone, exit. Exit. Jessica Jessica enters. enters. Yeah, and... Miguel catches Jessica up because we haven't seen her for many episodes. Yeah, we haven't seen her in a while. So Miguel tells her what's been going on with Charity. Jessica is immediately suspicious. Like, yeah. this doesn't, this doesn't make She's any like, sense. Kay gave her the music right. to help her. That doesn't sound right. Question mark. Yeah, and so uh, when the girls come back from getting their ice cream, Jessica pulls Simone aside to interrogate her, but Simone's not going to give up her friend. So then. 
Kay comes out to talk to Jessica and tries to, like, work her. Yeah. But she's not good at it. She's very unconvincing. I think she would have convinced someone else, just not Jessica. Yeah. Like, Jessica, no dumb Jessica fucking knows her mm-hmm. and knows how nasty she is. Mm-hmm. Because I think Jessica is the person who is born the like the butt of Kay's wrath the most mm. I think she has seen Je- Kay at her absolute worst and she knows how nasty Kay is mm-hmm. yeah yeah I agree so she's not buying so it so Je- you know, Jessica doesn't buy it and in fact she goes straight to that hospital room and asks Miguel about the music she, she laughs in her face yeah Kay Kay does this whole like pouring out of her heart of course I've given up on Miguel and I I, we're going to welcome Charity into our home. She's lost everything. And we're her cousin. I'm her cousin. And I really want to, I just want to see her happy. And this is really awful for her. I, she, I can't imagine losing our mom, blah, blah, blah. And Jessica's like, yeah, I'm going to definitely do all of those things. And I definitely feel that way. And then she looks at her and she's like, so you've really given up on Miguel? And Kay goes, yeah. And Jessica just bursts out laughing. She's like, you're full of shit. <laughs> she goes into the room. Even your reenactment of it made me roll my eyes yeah. just now. Like, I couldn't stop rolling my eyes. And it's not you. I know. It's, it's fucking Kay. She's awful. She's Ugh. so bad. So, yeah, what happens? Jessica goes into the hospital room. She and- goes into the room. She's like, hey, Miguel, I wonder what's on that tape. We should listen to it. Mm-hmm. Basically, she's like, let's uh, let's cut this shit. Yeah, she's like, do you mind if I check out the music on the tape? And he's like, oh, I've been wondering what's on it, too. Blah, blah, blah. Miguel. Is Miguel just, like, simple? I yeah I think he I think Sweet he's I think simple. he's simple and I also think he was raised by and grew up with people in his family who are just like the pinnacle of truth mm. and light mm. and they just believe in justice and truth and he I think doesn't know yet that there are people who out there who don't live like that yeah you know and his whole life you know he's what 15 16 his whole life he's had Luis and Pilar who just don't lie yeah and always tell the truth and have stressed the importance of being truthful and being compassionate towards people. Well, and look at the rest of Harmony, too. As you're saying that, I'm thinking about the other families and the other characters in this show that we know so far. Mm-hmm. And they're all the most upstanding citizens I have ever seen right. in my life. Sam and Grace. Yeah. 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 Mm-hmm. And uh, Dr. Russell yep. and her TC. husband. Yeah. Yeah. So I think part I think that's part of it. And Kay's been his best friend. I'm like, you know, she's been his friend. He's never seen a bad side of Kay. Mm, well, he's, he's not never, looking very close. That's true. Although she is hiding it as much as she can too, yeah. you know. She's she's manipulative. She's awful. She's the worst. I hate Kay. We should make a song. We should write a song for Kay. What should it be? A hate ballad. A hate <laughs> instead of a love ballad, a hate, a hate ballad. ballad. <laughs> um what should the title be? Either like teenage psychopath or like Yeah. Instead of like instead of like teenage dream. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I was thinking something along the lines of like like something like hateful. We could do like kateful, like full of shit. Hateful Kate. Kind of hateful kateful of shit or something. I don't know. Uh, we, it's not, I gotta workshop. We'll, it. we'll work it out. Yeah. We'll workshop yeah. it. Yeah. yeah, I gotta punch we'll, it up a little. We'll use our flutes. <laughs> <laughs> we can only play a five note scale in the key of D. 
Major. Yep. For anyone who cares. I bought these uh, little <laughs> flutes in Mexico. The last time I was in Mexico, and they were hand-painted, and um, they were a dollar a piece. So I was like, oh, fuck yeah. Let me get these little wooden flutes, you know, because I don't like to spend a lot of money on um, souvenirs. Yeah. And they have provided us with hours of entertainment. 100%. And let me just say, I have taken so much joy <laughs> from playing with this little flute and it's like beautifully painted and she got my favorite color which is green <laughs> and she got a purple one for her i have gotten far more joy out of this than a dollar i mean truly. Yeah. oh yeah it was well worth it oh it's amazing it was well worth it I haven't used the shot glasses at all I well, and I broke them. Yeah, that's why we haven't used them. They don't exist anymore. I shattered are them both. both. Broken? Oh my god! <laughs> Didn't I break them both? I don't know. I think I did. Oh no! I felt so bad. The first one went quickly, like within days. You got back from your beautiful vacation, and then I like don't even know. I think my ass just like knocked into it on the bar cart. I was like, "How did this happen?" I was like almost in tears. I felt so bad. Oh, they were, oh, they were so they were just stupid. Cheap shot I know. No, but I that's why we can't have nice things because I'm like an ogre. Nice I break things. <laughs> but anyway, what the fuck were we talking about? Flutes. We're gonna write a song. <laughs> oh, about cats. Oh yeah, so these flutes have four holes on them and they don't play a diatonic scale. Yeah. <laughs> so. Like they don't go do re mi fa so. Like they're like do re mi fi si. Yeah, like yeah, it's, my it's do re mi fi si. Do, re, mi, fi, si. I sang that wrong. That's even. That's too pretty. I can't even get it right. <laughs> it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. Y'all don't care. It doesn't matter. <laughs> but we. So if we play it together, we almost have enough notes to play a D major scale. A D major scale. So we can kind of play five come up with notes. A song. We kind come up of with a song. <laughs> we can do this. We're gonna write K a hate ballad. A hate ballad. All right, let's do it. All right. So what's going on with Kay? And the, she comes in. Oh yeah, she rushes in because fools rush in. She rushes in <laughs> because Jessica is in the middle of pulling those headphones off mm-hmm. of Charity and figuring out what's on that fucking tape. And remember, on the tape it goes, it's Kay's voice going, "Stay away. You, you don't, don't like Miguel. <laughs> in fact." You're afraid of Miguel. You're afraid of Miguel. Subliminal messaging. Stay away. It's not subliminal at all. It's overt. No, it's overt. Yeah. (laughs) So Kay rushes in and she's like, what are you doing? Wait, what's going on? What are you guys doing? What's what's happening? And Jessica's like, oh, we just were going to listen to the music that you put on Charity's tape because we were curious to see what you put on here. And Kay's like, oh, I'll do you one better. I'll let you borrow the CDs I got it from. And Jessica was like, that'll take too long. <laughs> like, we can literally just listen, just listen to it to right it now. now. And Ugh. that's kind of where we leave off. Yeah. Yeah. Do you think Chad would help us produce our song? Girl. We could go down to Tracks Recording Studio. We in, can't go to Tracks Recording in California. Studio. He doesn't work there anymore. We could get like a $49 plane ticket, probably. Spe- Actually, I just, so I'm going to Atlanta on Sunday mm-hmm. uh, to visit my mom, and they had fourteen dollar plane tickets to Atlanta from New York. That's crazy. Fourteen dollars and ten cents um, through United and ten cents and ten cents. <laughs> and I actually ended up upgrading, and it's fifty bucks. <laughs> like I can actually upgrade. <laughs> I can afford to upgrade. To a nicer to a nicer seat, fifty oh my bucks gosh. for my flight to Atlanta. Wow. Yeah, it's not round trip, but still. 
Still, fourteen dollars. Yeah, fourteen fucking dollars for a flight. Yeah, nothing. That won't even fill your gas tank. You know nothing. what I mean? Nope. Nothing. Not even near it. Nothing. I can't I even know. like eat for a. Well, I could eat for a day on fourteen dollars. Oh, but, for sure. You know. Yeah. Man. Yeah. Well, anyway, let's let's let us go to the West Coast and let's. check out what's going on over here. This is my favorite part of the show. I really enjoyed the chat shit. Me too. It's taken me a while to kind of figure out who. He is speaking with uh, yeah. in in his scenes. We've only seen him for two episodes, so I know he's very brand new. But they they're not doing a great job of establishing who the other characters in the scene are. Yeah, and I think it's because they're kind of one kind of throwaway characters, and two they're trying to make us put a puzzle together. Yeah, and figure out what it is. Who is Chad? Because yeah. they did just I mean they did just kind of throw him in and gave us no introduction to him right. at all. So, in this episode, we see Chad and he goes to some sort of an office and he talks yeah. to some this man who's sitting behind a desk and behind that desk there's like a map of the United States or something. There's yeah. like a, it looks it looks like an old school office, like an old teacher's office or something. Yeah. But in the course of this conversation, we learn or what I that this person is I assume Chad's social worker. I think so because we um, find out that Chad, when he was eight years old, ran away from home for a couple of days. When he came back home, his parents, his whole family, had just left, and there was a new family living in the in the building. Yeah, he had packed. They had packed up and left, and there's a, a whole new family had moved into that apartment, and then he went into foster care mm-hmm. and we find and, that out yeah and then he just bounced around from one home to another basically his whole life until he was an adult and could leave and hen is it henry i think it, yeah henry henry the caseworker was like you know you can't let your past keep stepping on your future mm-hmm. you've got to deal with some of these anger issues you got to deal with some of this stuff that's been coming up that kind of was a reason that you were bounced around from house to house yeah you know you got to deal with some stuff yeah we find out that basically he has been abandoned by his parents and we find out that Henry helped Chad find this job that he just got fired from mm-hmm. um, in the music industry. And that's what he want, wants to do. He wants to work in the music industry. So he's trying to get some help finding another job. But Henry's like, I don't see it happening because you just burned the bridge with one of the biggest music producers in LA. Yeah. I just, he was like, I got a friend at the hospital who can help you out. He's always looking for young people to come and work there. And Chad kind of gets mad. He's like, yeah, change of bedpans for like, minimum wage. Like, I don't want to be an orderly. I want to be yeah. a music producer. Yeah. And Henry's like, well, but you need a job. Don't yeah. you? You know, which is fair. Yeah. Um, And they just have this conversation about, basically they just, Bill are painting a picture of us for us of what Chad's background is, who he is, and why we should care about him. Right. right? Yeah. And at this point, when Chad is like, I'm not interested in this kind of work, Henry's like, well, you know what? I understand that. Have you ever thought about looking for your family? Like, why not take a little time? Like, look for your folks, see what you can find, take a little time for yourself. And deal with some of these things that are getting you into trouble, mm-hmm. you know? And Chad's like, how the fuck am I going to do that? It's not like they left a map. Yeah. <laughs> and Henry's like, well, maybe they did. Well, actually. And th- this was kind of messed up. 
So at this point, I think is when I realized that Henry was a caseworker, or at least was like suspicious. I was like, ah, that's who this person is. Mm-hmm. But if he's a caseworker and he knows that there is something in Chad's file, and in fact there's something in the storage room for him, then shouldn't that have come up way before now? Because he's like, you know, I remember a note in your file. He pulls it up and he's like, oh yeah, there's something in storage for you. Mm, How yeah. old is Chad supposed to be? We don't know yet. He, But he's definitely old enough to be like either in college. He, he definitely didn't go to college. They talk about that. Right. But I think he is... It will. It does come up how old he is. It will come up. Okay. And it when you once you know how old he is, you're not gonna be like, oh, this is gross. Like okay. it'll be, you know, um, it, it definitely comes up. That's all I'm gonna say. Okay. So his, <laughs> I'm gonna say Chad's about twenty. Okay. So he's late teens, early twenties, and so he's been an adult for a couple years, a few years. Mm-hmm. So he should have had access to this already. Yeah. Honestly, the way the system works is once you turn eighteen, they really just don't fuck with you anymore really yeah. and I think Henry must be just like a good some and like has a special place in his heart for Chad mm. and he's like is just helping him as, yeah the way he in the best way he can and um yeah I don't know why they wouldn't have gone through his things or let him know about those things that yeah. were in storage but it's possible that they just didn't think about it too yeah. like you know they it's LA so imagine how many kids coming in and out of this like part of the system yeah and they are archiving all of their shit Mm -hmm. and nobody's ever coming to pick it up and if the kid doesn't ask about it too yeah yeah so i could see i get it but also yeah they should have given if given him his stuff kind of like when you get out of prison they give you your shit back yeah i mean (laughs) you would think so but i can also see how uh things could slip through the cracks they often do not that they should Mm -hmm. i'm not trying to make an excuse i am but I do understand the explanation. Yeah. Especially in an overworked system, mm-hmm. underfunded system shit. Yeah, caseworkers have so much on their in their load. It's My just mom like they used to be a social worker, yeah. Same with mine, yeah. yeah. So, yeah, Chad, we go down to the storeroom, and Chad has a little flashback. They're down there, and, the, and Henry's, like, looking through boxes. He's like, I think it's over here somewhere. They definitely left something for you, blah, 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 right? And Chad has a little flashback of someone, a man, saying they were holding on to that yellow box like it had a lo- a winning lottery ticket in it. Mm. And so then Chad comes back out and he says, hey, see if there's a yellow box over there, a yellow shoe box. And so Henry's like, oh, yep, here's a, here's a box. <laughs> Lo and behold, and a he yellow pulls box. It out. He pulls it out and Chad looks at it. Opens it in the most ridiculous manner possible. He, like, <laughs> rips the top off of it, flips it upside down and shakes it, throws it down, and then just, like, paws at the papers that came out of it. <laughs> and then just, like, paws at them and, like, moves them around with his hands and then, like, pushes them away with his hand and then turns around and says, Ha-ha, look at what my inheritance is, some newspaper clippings it's like he forgot how his fingers worked yeah this entire time it was just like he had two palms and no fingers attached yeah like he everything was just yeah really pawing he was just pawing at everything and he didn't he didn't open it there's like letters and stuff he didn't open anything he didn't read anything he was just like pissed because there was like no because it wasn't a box of cash (laughs) (laughs) and so then henry's like wait a minute and he's going through it and he sees a newspaper clipping from the harmony herald and it's got Chad's name in it. Was it printed in it or was it handwritten in? Because I thought I saw something I handwritten. I have no clue. 
I don't know. Okay. He just all he said was it had his name in it. Okay. So I well, don't know. Henry also said, "This could be the key to the rest of your life." Yeah, this could be the key. And he goes, "Harmony is a small coastal town on the east coast." And it's so, like, oh yeah, he's like, "Do you ever? Did do you? Is your family from that area?" He, and yeah, and Chad's like, "I've never heard of this place." Right. Yeah. What is going on? Ooh, girl, I can't wait till you start to find out what the fuck is going on with Chad. So Chad's name is in this article? I don't we know. We don't know. Okay, it's it's either in the article or on it. Regardless, there's a Harmony Herald newspaper clipping in the box that his family left behind for him, I, I don't guess. think they left it for him. Or they just him, found it. Just it. Happened to be These there. were just the things that the but family maybe, had left. Maybe they did leave it behind for him. I don't know. You do know. Like, I but have. You can't tell me. Don't I, tell th- me. I ha- no, I'm definitely not going to tell you because it's so fucking good. And honestly, like, I don't know all of the details, but I'm remembering so much and I'm so, I'm so excited for this. Chad comes into Harmony and turns everything upside down. Oh my God. It's. I, oh my God. He turns everything on its fucking head. Like, I, I'm so excited for you to find out what's going on with Chad. Oh my God. And, well, who, know, and who he is. I know he's a big piece because. Several people have mentioned him before, so I'm excited to like jump into it. We're like really, we're we're starting the story. We're finally starting the yeah, story. Yeah, we're really getting into it, and I'm so excited. <sighs> All right, so that's what happens with Chad. Chad's on his way to Harmony, and that's everything in the episode. Yep. I think that's it. Yep. Yeah. So today we've got some listener mail we want to get into, right? Yeah. So we've got an email from. Our friend Gregory, mm-hmm. and he says, loving the show. That is the subject. Loving the show. Thanks, Gregory. Thank you. We love the show, too. And he goes, <laughs> I just found the podcast last night, and I'm already on episode six. I'm glad he, like, blasted through the really bad audio part of it. <laughs> yeah, he's just like, you know what? I got to power through it. But look, the audio, I love... The first, like, two episodes were, like, eating while we're talking. I was eating so much. I had cookies, <laughs> macaroni and cheese. Such a mess because I don't think we had really, like, committed to doing it. No. It was but, a silly thing. But, we're, but it was still, like, fun. Yeah. So I'm glad he enjoyed those those first few rough episodes. Yeah, he blasted it right through them. He goes, I just found the podcast last night and I'm already on episode six. For some reason, when the pandemic started, I decided it would be a good idea to watch an episode or two of Passions per day. Usually with two times speed on YouTube. You go. Oh, two times the speed. Good for He's not fucking around. He's not fucking around. He's and a also, busy man. We could do that, but it would be harder to take notes. Yeah. yeah. So then he says, usually with two times the speed on YouTube while on my exercise bike. I'm now up to around episode two to ten. Wow. He did that quickly. Although I told you, if we weren't doing this, I would be through, I would have gotten through a lot of passions by now. Other listeners have been, have said the same thing where they're basically doing like two episodes a day. Yeah. So that makes sense. He says, I look forward to following your journey until you finally finish in the year 2055. <laughs> yep. It is going to take us it's so, gonna take long. so long. He go oh. he also says, "Also, you may have commented on it in an episode I haven't listened to, but aside from Timmy and Tabitha, I think my favorite part of the show is when something super dramatic happens and they bust out that sweet guitar riff as they go to commercial." <laughs> yes, I love that. He says, "Keep up the good work, Greg." Thank Aww, you, Greg. Thank you. Thank you so Thanks, much Greg. for your listening and I hope you are still enjoying the show. <laughs> I love Greg's a multitasker. Yeah. Watching the show, working out on the treadmill, doing it two times speed. Like Greg has yeah. got his shit together. He really does have his shit together. I you think he'll be my life coach? 
Maybe. <laughs> you, you, wanna, you can write back to him. All right. So what's our other one? Oh, so our other one, we got a message from our friend Tony. Hello, Passions Podcast. Firstly, thank you. Thank you and thank you. You're welcome. Yes. You're welcome. You're welcome. And you are welcome. What a pleasure and coincidence that I discovered you right after deciding to rewatch all of Passions. This is a journey and I am glad you are with me for the ride. I am a massive soap fan. I started watching soaps with my mom as she worked as a sewer at home and I was a little kid on her machine watching Another World and General Hospital. Passions was actually the soap that replaced Another World on NBC in July 99. I was following all the stories about the original casting via Soap Opera magazine. I still have a whole bunch of those magazines. It's... <laughs> I love this. Mm-hmm. He has all these Soap Opera magazines. I would love to see them. I know. There's like... Those are like collectibles. Mm-hmm. They have to be at this point. That's amazing. I still have a whole bunch of those magazines. It's crazy reading now who they had in mind for the role of Grace. They originally wanted Michelle Stafford. Or Sheridan. They wanted Melissa Reeves. Mm. Finally, we got a fresh new cast, and they became the new generation of soap actors. Heart. Heart <laughs> emoji. I loved them, and I'm excited to watch the whole thing again now at 36 years old. Smiley face. If you guys ever invite a super fan to chat with you on an episode, please think of me. I would love to spill the passion's tea with you. Oh, I would love it. <laughs> I would love it, because he also sounds like more knowledgeable than we are but, about it. Are you kidding? <laughs> Expertise out the wazoo. Yeah. I know nothing about this. Like, he, <laughs> like he's like, I have these magazines. I'm reading articles. Like, I know the original cast that they had in mind. Like, I mean, like... Yeah, so- expert here so like we'll maybe we'll be in touch tony after yeah. we go we're going to be going on a short hiatus here in a little bit but uh after that yeah who knows who knows the nice thing about this is like we uh i think we've kind of embraced not knowing what we're doing yeah but that also means that we have so much license to just kind of try new things mm-hmm. and see what works so um while we like um, this kind of format, I think it works pretty well. We might revisit that, and we might do like some special episodes and do interviews and talk yeah, to fans. Yeah, I think that'd be and, super fun. Yeah, to, I like, think so break too. Break up the different kind of things that we're doing. I actually, I'm gonna say this to all of our listeners: if you have an idea of like a for our format, send it to us. If you have an idea of what something we should do or you think would be cool in the show, send it to us because we can probably work it in, and we're. We're going on a short hiatus, and when we come back, we might have a new format. So if you're sending us some information in that time, then maybe we can work it into our new format. Yeah. The thing is, we have fun doing this, but it's important that the people who are listening, like the listening audience, also has a good time. Yeah, we want you to enjoy it right. as like, you can. And it is a community effort, and like we are very open to suggestion, and we love to hear your feedback, and... Um, we we couldn't do it without people yeah. listening. Like yeah. what you know, like the, it's it's the point of the podcast is to connect and to have like a community. And I feel really lucky to be a part of that and to kind of watch this thing take off. So thank you for that. But please uh, don't feel shy to write in. Like we love to hear from you. Love to hear from you. It is making my whole life worth living. <laughs> Honestly, this quarantine has been really difficult for everybody, not just for us, for for probably everyone who's listening to my voice right now. It's It's been a, a really challenging thing. 
And so if we can bring any kind of levity and fun and joy, we want to. And um, you do that for us when we hear from you. You really do. It makes it not it not makes our day. It makes our fucking week. Yeah, we I talk, talk about, about it, it all the time. <laughs> we talk about it. I, t- I will call my boyfriend and be like, oh, my God, someone wrote in. You have to hear this. Yeah. Like, I mean, like, I'll, t- I'll call my sister. We talk about it at the apartment all day long. It really means a lot. Yeah. It really does. So thank you for all of your love and all of your support. Thank you It goes so a long much. way. You could you couldn't know how much it means to yeah. us thank you so much so if you want to get in touch with us you can always get in touch with us through our instagram our or our facebook or our tiktok at passions podcast or you can send us an email at passionspodcast at gmail.com yes uh thank you we've received some new reviews up <gasps> on apple yes. thank you so much that's so sweet amazing the people who have reviewed us um Thank you so much. Yeah, Let me thank see if you. I can give them a little shout out here. So while you're looking up, I'm just going to say if you haven't reviewed us and you can take a few minutes to do that, it means a lot. Um, we wouldn't turn that away. Uh, even if you can just give us a little five-star rating, that goes a long way too. So thank you to... Yeah, so we've got one person whose screen name on the on the Apple podcast is I Hate Those Cranes. <laughs> <laughs> fucking love it I love it this person says passionate about passions five stars this is the podcast I have been waiting for although I am already halfway through rewatching the series I still love hearing their take on the show I literally laugh out loud each episode the singing is on point too oh. <laughs> I can't believe anybody likes that <laughs> I feel like I'm having a hard time well we said this the other day but I feel like uh our ears are getting worse. I haven't sung in so long now. Like, it's, I'm like, am I in tune with you when we're singing at the end of each show? Like, I can't. Yeah. Like, it's so it's, weird. It, it is getting harder. So there's one from, there's another review from Book Girl 422 Thank you, Book Girl 422 She says, love it. Funny show, funny hosts, Passions was the best soap, and now this podcast has become my fave. Thank Aww, you. thanks, book girl. Then De Palma 1994, which we already know who that is. I love this person. We love you, Andrew. We love you. <laughs> <laughs> he says, Passions is the best, and I'm still not over it. Love that there's a podcast on it. And then our very first one is from UE BE. I think it's like a, just like a made up thing. It's like U-E-B-E-K-C-K-N-P. Can I see it? Yeah. It's just a bunch of letters. Which Oh. (laughs) I'm going to try and pronounce this. Okay. (laughs) U-E-B-E-K-N-U-P. Yes. This person says, a wonderful podcast about a terrible show with hilarious hosts. That's sweet. That is. That's sweet. I don't know if we're hilarious i think i think i'm hilarious so you speak for yourself <laughs> i certainly laugh a lot yeah i laugh and sweat a lot doing I'm this sw- podcast I'm sweating my ass off let's sing this fucking thing let's finish this did we do all the things we need to do i think so what else did we need to do oh okay. let me just say so we are going to go on a brief um hiatus which you said but this will be the last of our normal episodes because the next episode that's going to come out is actually going to be a special little compilation fun thing a, so be- a best of it's going to be a best of um <laughs> And we are going to comment on our commentary, yeah, I think. we're going to so, do commentary on our own commentary. Yeah, so, you know. Get ready for get it. Get ready for a little <laughs> ego fest, and we hope you enjoy it. Yep, And until right. then. We love you all. Here we go. You are my passion for life.